Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Coming to you from the great state of Alabama and from points located all across the U.S. eastern seaboard, it's Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. You can find us at CosmicPotato.com and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, situated in a small corner in Birmingham, Alabama, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew, here is your host, Sean Ray. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. I'm really glad to be back behind the mic again. As you guys know, it's been over a month since our last episode went out and I want to apologize to all of you for that. It couldn't be helped. Um, If you follow us on Twitter, first of all, thank you. If you don't, then you really should. We are at Cosmic Potato underscore one. But I posted a couple of weeks ago that my mother was ill and the show was going to be on hiatus for a while. My mom's battled cancer for the last uh, two years or so and she passed away on April 22nd. And you'll hear me say all that again in a minute once the show gets started. But I wanted to take a minute and thank you all for your patience. But podcasting is therapeutic for me. Back in November, when we were told that they were out of treatment options and she only had a few months left, I did a podcast that weekend, and it helped me to occupy my, my mind, and and this week it felt like it was something that I really needed to do, and I wanted to pay tribute to her by making the first show back a Mother's Day special. So I had Rick and Christina and Hi-Chan on the show, and we talked about our favorite moms in, in uh, film and, and television. And in true Cosmic Potato fashion, we also talked about everything from Batman v Superman to The Punisher as well. So thanks again for waiting it out. We're starting the summer season. I expect to be back to our regular rate of about two episodes a month. And that's enough chit-chat for the intro, so let's crank up the theme music and get the show started. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. So you got the lottery to get your Harry Potter tickets, but it's not the week you're going. Well, I put in the dates that initially was when I was going to be in London. And then my friends that I'm going with decided that they wanted to spend certain dates in Scotland. Yeah. And so the date that they offered me was literally the day we were leaving <laughs> London to go to to go to Scotland. I was like, ah, dang it! It was the, it's the worst luck. But they keep you in the lottery because if you don't want those, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. So they just they just keep asking you. Um, but I have a friend who knows everything there is to know about these sort of things, and he said that I'll probably get an offer closer. Oh, okay, that'd be cool. So. I mean, if it works out, it works out. It'll be cool. I'm, you know, if it doesn't, it's not going to be the end of the world. Are you going to be able to go to both both shows? Um, that's the plan. I mean, so the two they offered me two different tickets, sets of tickets. One was like all in the same day, which I mean, obviously, I can sit in a theater for a long time. I'm used to theater, but yeah. that is a long time. Yeah, <laughs> to sit and watch a theatrical production. Um. But then there was a, they, they like to break it across two days. Like 
maybe you can do like a matinee and then another matinee or you can do an evening and an evening or a matinee and an evening just depending on like the next the following day yeah but it's kind of a big time commitment actually <laughs> we'll go ahead and get started but uh so i'm here with uh christina how you doing i'm good how are you i'm doing pretty good and uh, hi chan how are you i'm good thank you and uh rick how's it going Estoy aquí. <laughs> it right, is, I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a long time since, uh, well, since the four of us have talked, it's really been a long time because the last ep- the last show that I did was well over a month ago, and it was actually with Anthony, and then I had the special guest, the guys from the eleven twenty two sixty three podcast. So, uh. with the four of us, it's probably been what month and a half, two months, something like that. But uh, never actually. This particular group of people. Oh yeah, this is the first oh, time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, the, the the four of us actually together, but as far as any of us together, it's been it's been a while. But yeah, you know, I want to th- I want to thank the uh, listeners for hanging in there. We haven't had a show in a few weeks, but I posted on the uh, Twitter page a while back that we were kind of on a hiatus because my mother was ill, mm-hmm. but uh, she passed away a little over a week ago. She had a long battle with cancer, and the last month was really hard on her. So I spent a lot of that time with her. At the uh, hospice house in in Florida, so I wanted to uh, our first show back. I wanted to kind of do a Mother's Day special since Mother's Day is next Sunday, and uh, kind of oh, do a trip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to do kind of a tribute for my mom and also for all of our moms and moms everywhere. And we're going to talk about uh, memorable mothers in TV and film. And uh, we're going to do that in a little while. We're not going to do it right right at the top of the show because th- this show's not going to be a funeral. My mom hated funerals. So <laughs> so we're going to have the same fun that you would expect from a show called Cosmic Potato. And uh, to before we get to the main topic, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that's been happening that I haven't been around to talk about. I know Rick, uh, Rick has a podcast. Hi Chan has a podcast. And um, both of your shows, you've already talked about Batman, Batman v Superman. And, uh, so I'm going to, you're going to have to go back and talk about it again. <laughs> I, don't mind, I don't mind talking about yeah. it. I think it's a, a, a much maligned and undeservedly so film. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I, I think, I think Batman versus, I, I always say Batman versus Superman. I know it's Batman V Superman, Dawn of Justice, but it's really gotten raked over the coals in the reviews. You know, it, it opened it, it opened at number one. It really tanked after that. Hi, Chan. I listened to your show while I was out of town, and I know you hated it. But <laughs> yeah, I'm on the side of hating Batman v Superman. But you, you, you say, hated you hated uh, Man of Steel to begin with, didn't you? Yeah, I'm a yeah. very anti Zack Snyder um, person. I don't think that he was a good fit for the DC universe, and I think that his vision of the DC universe is very out of character with a lot of the great DC characters. So, and I don't like that sort of like brutal grim take that he does so yeah. it was it was definitely like everything that i hated about snyder and his <laughs> his creative choices so uh, i although i will say um when i saw batman v superman i wasn't i didn't it wasn't as bad as i thought it would be i came in with the lowest of low expectations yeah and they basically met them which was good <laughs> <laughs> um but you know i just i didn't like how uncharacteristic all of the like Batman and Superman were. I didn't like that Batman spent majority of the film actively plotting to murder Superman. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just it, I thought it was there were so many plot holes and contrivances, and it didn't hold up as a movie on its own. Yeah, there, I mean there were plot holes. Um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say I like the movie. I had a lot of problems with it. And I think it's okay to have, to have like a love hate relationship with a movie. You know, it, it seems like a lot of times, especially with these big, uh, tentpole type, um, comic book movies that people are going to either hate it or they're going to love it. And there's not really any in between. And I kind of come in between on it because there was parts of it that I really liked. There was, but I had a lot of problems with it. I didn't, I, I didn't like that. I liked that Wonder Woman was in the movie. I liked the way, she looked and everything, but I thought that she was kind of wedged in there, you know, and she wasn't really given a proper introduction, in my opinion. I, I don't know why they felt they had to have the Flash show up in, the, in Batman's little dream like that. Um, I thought all the dream sequences seemed kind of confusing to me, because sometimes I I was questioning whether I was watching a dream sequence or if this is really happening, what's going on, you know, mm. that kind of stuff. Um, but I liked, um, I liked Ben Affleck's version of Batman. I liked that he was kind of a little bit crazy. You know, he was like a, he's an older, an older Batman. You know, he's not, he's not like brand new into the job like, uh, the, the Christian Bell version was. And, uh, I like that there's backstory there that we didn't get. You know, maybe it'll be something in the future, like the fact that Wayne Manor had been burned and you don't know why. And then you see, uh, Robin's costume. It's got ha 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 painted on it. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that, that we, which we know, in the comics, the Joker killed one of the Robins, and that's probably what that's from. But, um, but I also, I also like the, uh, some of the Superman stuff because I come from a time in the 90s, uh, I was reading, reading some of Superman comics, and I didn't like that all of the movies were just this, this clean cut Boy Scout. Superman, there's never, there's never enough. I didn't feel like there was never, ever enough, uh, substance to it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I kind of like the, the darker version of it, but that's, that's just me. I'm kind of twisted that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I don't think they've done a decent Superman movie since, uh, Superman the movie and maybe the Donner cut of Superman 2. Yeah. Uh, and hi, Chan, I totally agree with you that Zack Snyder needs to take a, a sh- long walk off of the edge of the Grand Canyon and stop making movies. <laughs> uh, you know, a two words, sucker punch. I, I yeah. sat through that whole movie and I wish I could burn those neurons out of my skull. Um, <laughs> but that being said, I've kind of resigned myself to this is what Hollywood does. They see what's popular and they've been trying to gritty up Superman for years now. And and so I was like, all right, I can rail against what Superman, what they're doing with Superman now, and Batman too. I haven't, I, I was not a huge fan of the Christian Bale Batman, uh, except for The Dark Knight. Yeah, that was uh, me too. I, yeah. I, yeah, and and that was more because of Heath Ledger than Christian Bale, and the third one was just abysmal. <laughs> um, but uh, I, the the movie was enjoyable. It is not by any stretch a good movie. I'll grant you that. Uh, but I had a good time in the theater. And, uh, you know, sitting there watching it, uh, the, the time went by, I was entertained. Um, if, if this is, if nothing else, if this is, this movie only serves in history as a stepping off point to get Wonder Woman handled right, then I'll be happy with it. Cause I thought Gal Gadot, while yes, she could, you know, she could be a little beefier, I think, uh, Wonder Woman should, but, but they've been, you know, it took us, what, 50 years to finally get a bulky Superman. So right. I'm not gonna, 
complain too much about a wafer thin Wonder Woman when we're finally getting a Wonder Woman on the screen. Um, so you know, I, if this is the the doorway to better things to come, that's fine. I just I kind of think in general that Marvel should stick to movies and DC should stick to TV. Uh, with Netflix being sort of the gray area where they're both doing pretty good. Um, and just, you know, because DC can't seem to do a decent movie to save their lives. Yeah. And Marvel, I'm sorry, I you know, I, I was with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. up until about halfway through season three, and then it lost me. Uh, I uh, I haven't even watched season three. I mean, I've got, I've got all of them on my DVR, but I've, I guess it's going to be one of those things that I just binge it during the summer or something, but... There's been too many yeah, other things that I've wanted to. Stick Daredevil to. was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy Agents of Shield for what it is. I realize that it's like limited creatively because it it is the show that is tied closest to the movies and has those science and stuff. Um, but I actually I do think it's, I enjoy it. I think that at worst it's mediocre, and I don't. It's like a very offensive um, criticism, basically. <laughs> well, that's what it. You know, I liked I liked it at first. And then it started to kind of flag, but then when they tied it into uh, the the whole fall of Shield and and the stuff that happened in in uh, um, Winter Soldier, Winter yeah. Soldier, thank you. Uh, then I got really interested in it again, and I love the characters except for Sky. She mm. just bores me to tears. And then when when the whole Winter Soldier and 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 uh, Hydra stuff started sort of dying down, and it became the Sky show again, I I didn't consciously stop watching it. I just kind of never started watching it again <laughs> yeah that's understandable she's still like the weakest actress of the show too so it's hard to put the show on her shoulders when she can't really carry it yeah <laughs> yeah christina what did you I think, think i know you saw you saw batman v superman right i did um but i was gonna say really fast about like agents of, of shield the agents of shield lost me around the time of the winter soldier too but I think the sh- the show that's really good that doesn't get a lot of mention is um, Agent Carter, um, which I yeah. think was, is actually a pretty fantastic show. It got canceled. Um, it no, did. It did not. Did it? it did. It's like it's living in a limbo. I think. Yeah. Oh really? They okay. Did, they didn't renew it, but they didn't cancel it either. Oh. And um, Haley Atwell has signed on for another ABC show, so it's kind of like oh. It might not happen, but it's also a mid-season show, so it could always come back because it doesn't take that much time to to film. Yeah, they only she, use, they only do what like eight episodes a season or something like that. Yeah, but she's also said that it's possible for her to do the other ABC show and the ABC show and this, so it's possible. We just don't know. I'm just waiting at this yeah. point, but it's it's pretty um it's pretty refreshing. It's Got, I think it's got good writing. Um, I think for some people it was kind of slow at first. Um, some people didn't like the second season. I've, I've enjoyed it pretty much all the way through. Um, it's very strong, like, um, female main character base. So I don't think it appeals to everybody, but I really like it. Um, but um, the other, uh, what were you saying, uh, Batman versus Superman? Right. I was one of the people that thought that it was going to be totally crap, and I didn't care about it, and I just went to see it with my friends, and I actually ended up kind of liking it. Um, it does have a lot of problems. Um, I didn't like Man of uh, Man of Steel a lot. Um, I liked the first part of the movie, like the first half, and then the second half was like crap basically like they're just destroying metropolis thought it was crazy um but in this movie kind of had those same problems which i guess that's 
Zack Snyder. Um, but I did like a lot of points that they made. I do like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman a lot. Yeah, I don't, she was the best part. I completely disagree. I don't think she needs to be beefier. A lot of people think that <laughs> Wonder Woman needs to be like this big beefy thing. She doesn't. Like, I know a lot of fitness nuts and these girls are very strong, but they don't look like fitness, you know, crazy beefy like fitness models. So, and if you look at Gal Gadot, like if you look at her legs, she's got some crazy muscles going on. Like if you just look at them, like it's it's nuts. So, I believe she's strong. I don't I don't have to see a whole bunch of like crazy biceps and things to think well, that she needs to be stronger. <laughs> let, let let me clarify just 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 a little bit <laughs> so I don't sound totally awful here. Um I'm thinking more like like Lucy Lawless at her prime is yeah. is what I think of like the perfect Wonder Woman. I guess I don't see how Gal Gadot doesn't look like that already because she kind of does. But I don't know. Maybe just I just need to see opinion. more. Yeah. Um, I think it's fine. I mean, she has super strength anyway, so I don't really see like a need for her to be super beefy. Like for example, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was also very waif like um, in her body type, but she was super strong and a superhero, so I'm fine with it as well. Well, I've also been complaining about Batman for years. You know, Michael mm-hmm. Keaton was just not physically right for it, even though he did a great job. So that, that's just me going, look at these these monsters you've got on the comic book pages, and then yeah. you're casting these little willowy guys and girls well, as, again, as the characters. No one can actually be yeah, the, they only, the body. They draw them as the, the peak of physical, of physical health and everything. But And I liked, I liked her portrayal of Wonder Woman. I just felt that they just wedged her in there, and they didn't really give her what she deserved and i know she's going to get her own movie and everything I, but really i felt that the, that all the justice league stuff was just kind of wedged in there you they know. were trying to make it all mysterious you know yeah. like with the file the downloading was. the encryption yeah. all that yeah it also felt like they totally filmed it after the re- the rest of the movie had been filmed so like they kind of just like inserted these scenes in and it it would have been like the same movie without those scenes it's kind of ridiculous and like also something i had to point out is that um Wonder Woman received that email from Bruce um, about, like, oh, this isn't your picture. This is you. Um, and he, she received it right when Batman was just, like, waiting for Superman. Wonder Woman was doing that, which is, I find kind of hilarious. Is everybody there? I, Skype yeah, just, I'm Skype just yeah. did something weird. Yeah, and just everything, yeah. everything disappeared for a second. But that, okay. I, I wasn't sure if it was just me, so I didn't want to say anything in yeah. case it wasn't. It was just me. <laughs> but, um... The, now I wanted to say something about one other thing that I didn't like about the film and I wanted to give a spoiler alert because I'm going to talk about the very last scene of the film so if you haven't seen Batman v Superman I don't know what you've been doing but <laughs> turn the turn the podcast off go forward about two three minutes and and hopefully we'll be <laughs> hopefully we'll be through uh, talking about it but okay so so uh, doomsday was in the film and I knew when doomsday was there that Either Superman was going to die or he was going to almost die or something because that's a pretty big part of the comic book lore is that Doomsday and Superman fought to the death in the comic and there was a whole year-long storyline in the comic about the reign of the Superman and all that kind of stuff. So so Superman gets killed in, in, in this film. At the very end of the movie... Now, we know that Man of Steel 2 is coming out in a couple of years. We know... They're not going to make a Justice League movie and not bring Superman back to life and all that kind of stuff. So why do you have to show us the top of his coffin and you have to show us the dirt starting to float up? That just I, w- I was really crossing my fingers that they weren't going to do that. 
was like, if you're going to kill Superman, then just let this movie end and he's just dead. And that's just it. You know, don't, don't give us any, any of that crap, you know? And then you see the dirt kind of float up for a second and then the movie's over and I'm like, oh, they did it. <laughs> you know? Um, I think that they did that because they don't expect the everyday movie goer to understand that Superman needs to be in the Justice League movie, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. Also, because Zack Snyder is the hugest Christopher Nolan wannabe, and he wanted to end it in the most Nolan way possible. <laughs> <laughs> I just have so many problems with the way that this was honestly like a big, like all of Batman v Superman was like a lot of the scenes were knockoffs of better Christopher Nolan scenes. And Zack Snyder should just learn to become a good director in his own right. <laughs> or let, let me give you all a suggestion of something that you should listen to. Are, are you familiar with Kevin Smith's uh, An Evening with Kevin Smith series of uh, DVDs? Oh, yeah, I am. Um, have you heard his story about when he was tagged to write Superman Returns? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard uh, it. <laughs> and, and the insanity he had to go through and the and the craziness that the, uh, the, the producer, you know, was telling him. That yeah. stuff that had to be included in. I think maybe that's why I'm so tolerant of this movie, because after hearing that story, uh, and I can't even begin to nutshell it, because it's you know, Chris, uh, uh, Kevin Smith tells is an amazing storyteller. Yeah, and and it's about a you know, maybe like a 25 30 minute bit, just telling the story of how he almost wrote it until they brought Tim Burton on, uh, and uh, it's just absolute insanity that anything even slightly resembling the source material ever comes out of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They did a, there's a documentary called the death of Superman lives. That's all oh, I about. Need to see that. Yeah. It's it. And it, it's online. I've rented it online. I can't remember. It wasn't Google play. It was something like that, you know, and you can rent it for, I think it was like six, $7, but, um, it tells the whole backstory about how Kevin Smith wrote the script and, Tim Burton came on and fired Kevin Nick, Smith and Nicholas Cage was right. Nicholas Cage. They actually have video of <laughs> Nicholas Cage in the costume and it was going to be a terrible costume, <laughs> you know, oh, but yeah. and he had long black hair and all this kind of stuff. It, it, yeah. We, yeah, we dodged a big bullet with that film. Cause that, <laughs> that was, that was going to be a bad movie, <laughs> but okay. Well, uh, we got that out of our system. Oh, can, I, can I ask a quick question before yeah, we go move ahead. away? Go ahead. Just out of curiosity, what do y'all have? Y'all been watching Supergirl? Uh, off I and haven't. on, off and on. I, I haven't watched of, all of it. Yeah, I haven't caught up since like the mid-season uh, finale. But yeah, I watched the Flash Supergirl crossover, and that was yeah. adorable. That was the next I, thing I, I was going to bring up. I love Supergirl. Yeah. I've been really thrilled with with the show of CBS. Just keep saying, oh, yeah, pretty much all of our shows are coming back. No one has said specifically, yes, Supergirl is coming back. And it's making me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they don't just – I mean, it's got to come back. It's, it's it's too good of a show to just Well, they said they're bringing Linda Carter in next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the um, the Flash crossover – you know, I did, I did watch that episode. Like I said, I'm not caught up, but I did watch that one. And, um, I posted a comment on the uh, Twitter page, I think the day after the episode was on, that said, uh, it had a link to our last episode and it said, listen to Cosmic Potato. We're like the racially diverse cast of a CW show. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> but, uh, but I like, I like the way they did the episode, even though, I was kind of puzzled why Barry was so quick to take his mask off and say, oh, my name's Barry Allen. You know, <laughs> it was like, you can't keep a secret any better than 
than Kara, you know. She, you're just gonna everybody that you meet. Oh, hey, my name is Barry Allen. I'm the Flash, <laughs> you know. But which I know I he was, was yeah, he was supposed to be on another Earth, but you know, he didn't know for sure that there wasn't another Barry Allen Flash on that Earth somewhere. You know, he just outed. But um, as just as one little quibble that I thought I mentioned, but I don't know if you guys saw the next episode of the Flash that came on after that. Rick, I, I know, I know there yet. yeah, I know you're not, you're not caught up yet. I'm not going to spoil anything, but they, at the beginning of the episode, that thing that was on Barry's chest, they put it on his chest in that episode. That's the episode that they made it. And it was called a tachyon, uh, enhancer, I think. Mm-hmm. And so he goes running and it gets him, it gets him faster than he's ever been before. And he disappears for a minute. This is all before the opening credits. He disappears for a minute and then he reappears back at Star Labs and he says, Oh, I'm back. How long was I gone? You know, so apparently that was the time that he was. And then they never gone. reference it, yeah. Yeah, never say anything else about it. So apparently the 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 uh, time moves on Supergirl's Earth a little faster than it does on on Barry's Earth or whatever. But um, I thought that was cool that they actually tried to tried to fit it in there so that you would have a frame of reference of what was going on and stuff. But I don't know if time moves faster on that Earth. But I think it was just like he when he crossed over to back to our Earth, he like crossed over back. In time, a little Way bit too. Time, so little, yeah. Gonna, yeah, yeah, that could be it too. But. So I um, kind of, I both like and am disappointed that they they made it very clear that all of these heroes live in alternate realities, mm-hmm. so that they can do crossovers if they want, but they don't have to. Yeah, which I mean, yeah, I don't know why because they, they don't have to anyway, because you know Marvel has. Um, Daredevil and Jessica Jones in the same neighborhood and they never run into each other. Yeah. That annoys me, actually. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, but they, uh, yeah, I, I understand why they did it that way because they're on separate networks and everything, but I think they're, that's also why they're kind of a way that they're trying to explain why the Flash Barry Allen in the movies is going to be a different person than the Barry Allen on television because it's a different universe. Or whatever, because I'm, I put a whole, I did an article on my blog on the cosmicpotato.com website where I was kind of ranting about the fact that Barry Allen from TV is good enough for the films. Why don't they just put him in the films? But you know, I don't cast movies, so. Because yeah. <laughs> DC can't seem to pull their heads out of their collective centers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um the other thing I wanted to talk about before we moved into our main topic was um Daredevil season two. Has everybody watched that? Sweet. Of course. <laughs> I have not yet. You haven't? Okay. Mm-mm. Well I won't I won't spoil anything, but um the uh what's his name? John Bernthal? He he mm-hmm. was on the yeah, he was on The Walking Dead uh first couple of seasons and um I think that he is the best version of the Punisher that I've ever seen on on screen. In you know, in my opinion, but, I agree. Though I haven't seen any of any of the other Punishers, but I thought he was definitely really great in Daredevil season two, and probably like the MVP of the season. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was awesome. I I I I also have no frame of reference. He's my only exposure to the Punisher, but. Yeah, you know yeah. they're, they're they're doing a spinoff series. That's what mm. I was about. To, I was about to say they're oh, they're, they're talking about doing a a, a spinoff series just about Punisher, <laughs> and I'm kind of wishy washy on that because I think Punisher works great as a side story on Daredevil, and 
I, but I don't know if he's if it's enough to carry an entire um, series. Now I I think that maybe Netflix, if they would experiment with doing like a couple of just original films, maybe they could do a Punisher film on Netflix or something like that. But they're going to do a whole twelve, thirteen episode series just about Punisher, and unless they're going to bring in another comic character to kind of be with him, I don't know if it's going to be enough. It, I mean, just Punisher shooting people, you know, that's going to get... Yeah. <laughs> that's going to get that's old after... That's the problem with the Punisher series, too, because he's basically, like, a bloodier, better Daredevil 2.0. Yeah. And I think that they could benefit more from adding, like, I don't know, a different superhero, more variety to their Marvel superhero slate. Something more lighthearted or interesting, like Miss Marvel or something, or even a Hawkeye series, which I would be down with. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of see the Punisher uh, in a similar... Uh, vein to like Thor or the Hulk in that I think they're great supporting characters but like I found both Thor movies and pretty much every Hulk movie to be just a snooze fest because they're they're pretty much one note characters and once you get through that note what's left I agree yeah I I watched the first Thor I I, I never made it through the second one I, I watched about the first uh 30 minutes or so and it was uh I'm not this is not my thing you know um I love all, I all be, the I might be the only one, but I didn't think... Go ahead. Oh, I might be the only one, but I don't. I didn't think the Thor movies were that bad. I actually kind of liked the first Thor movie. The second Thor was, like, yeah, not great, but I didn't... I wasn't completely offended by it, but, like, a lot of people were. It was just, like, a little bit dull. Yeah, the I wasn't... The first one, though, I, I, like, pretty much enjoyed because it had, like, all these fun, colorful Shakespearean elements at the beginning, and then it became, like, an indie grunge movie, and I enjoyed both <laughs> elements of that. I didn't think, I mean, I didn't think it was, I could see that it may be a good movie. It just wasn't my movie. You know, it's, it, it, it looked like they were trying to do some Lord of the Rings stuff and they were trying to do, I don't know. I just, I just couldn't get into it. And I really can't even tell you what the film is about because I only watched about 30 minutes of it. And I, I, but I mean, I, I don't mind, I don't mind Thor. I like him in the Avengers, you know, when he shows up on the Avengers and stuff like that. But it's just when the movie is just about him. Uh, I, I I couldn't get with it. I really liked the first Thor movie. It was cute. It was fun. Yeah, the, I mean, the first one wasn't terrible. I watched it. The second one just... I don't know what it was. It's just they were... All that stuff at the beginning where they were showing the battle and all that kind of stuff, I, I don't know. It, it just didn't feel like the rest of the uh, MCU to me. It just felt like they were doing something completely different. Yeah, it's, it's a bit forgetful. Yeah. Except for... Hiddleston, but you know how many times can they keep going back to that? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he's moved on. He's got a he's got a couple of new uh, he's got a couple of new things that he's working on. He, did not mm-hmm. he did he die in the in the last Avengers? Or he wasn't even in the last well, Avengers movie. I don't know if he's coming back or not. <laughs> well, yeah. in Thor two, well, I guess like this is kind of a spoiler since you haven't seen the full full. Yeah, yeah movie, I'm, I'm not, not going to um, watch it. <laughs> he he um seems to die but then at the end it shows him like spoilers for thor to the dark world it shows him um residing over asgard and as as um oh what is anthony Hopkins' character as odin um he has like that whole like illusion thing going on so he's shape-shifting yeah yeah so thor thinks that he makes this big heroic sacrifice then he shows up and he's like hey what's up i'm ruling asgard as odin (laughs) whatever and then it just like it just ends like that and you're like okay i guess that's fine well i get yeah what ragnarok comes out next year i think so i guess so and i may give it a chance i won't see it in theaters 
but you know I may see it when it comes to Google Play or whatever. Give it a chance. But. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a waste of time to watch the second one. I I probably made it sound like I, I disliked them a lot more than I did. I just they just didn't. The, the first one was fun. The second one was yeah, it was it was boring. And you know, movies like this, boring is kind of a cardinal sin in my book. Mm. Um, you know, that was like my big problem with Star Trek Generations. And, you know, you don't get many bigger Star Trek fans than I do, than me. But, you know, <laughs> if you bore me, I don't care what franchise you are. Go yeah. away. <laughs> um, the, one of the things that I don't like about the MCU, and I, and I love most of it, but it felt like when I saw, when I saw the last Avengers movie, they're trying to wedge different storylines into this film like i'm like why is thor taking a bath all of a sudden you know (laughs) and things like that you know and then and now where is he going he's just leaving you know (laughs) but have you heard the buzz about uh civil war from europe because you know it opened there last weekend no uh -uh. or this weekend rather uh it well it's oh not just from europe but they um ended the embargo for critic reviews like last week or two weeks ago and it had like 90 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, I have a, a friend of mine who I would trust with my life and we uh, you know, I I respect her her opinion on movies ex- implicitly and she she lives in in uh, Holland and she emailed me the other day said no spoilers but Civil War is the best one yet. It looks like it. I mean, just the the trailers that I've seen, it just looks incredible. And that's one of the things that makes me nervous about it. Are they putting, you know, are they putting the best stuff in the trailer? But, you know, but I'm, I'm, that's one that I, I don't go to the theater much anymore, but that's one that I'm absolutely going to see in, in theater. What's that? Yeah, I'm seeing it Thursday too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's next weekend that it comes out, right? Yeah. Somebody was asking me the other day, and I said, yeah, it comes out in May. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> this, this is May. <laughs> you know? so. Oh, right. The uh, trailer for... Um, has anybody seen the trailer for um, Star Wars Rogue One? I know I know you have. That's oh, a stupid yeah. question. I have, yes. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs> that movie looks awesome. And uh, I know it's not part of the uh, the main story of Star Wars. It's, it's like a side story. But... Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to be pretty good. Like I said on the when we did our Star Wars episode back in January, uh, the last time that we had a standalone Star Wars film, it was the Ewoks, uh, Caravan of Courage. <laughs> there was an Ewoks film. Oh, there was two oh, of yeah. them. Hi, Chan. Yeah, <laughs> wow. you can probably yeah. find them on YouTube. They uh, back in the back in the you don't uh, want to though. <laughs> yeah, back in the eighties, um, they did two Ewoks films made for television. And, uh, they were, they were bad, but, you know, they were kind of geared for kids because it was Ewoks, you know, and well, the first one was geared for kids. Now the second one was kind of gory for a Ewoks movie. There was a battle where a lot of people died or a lot of Ewoks died, you know, (laughs) but, uh, but anyway, they were bad. And that was the last time that I remember them doing something that was a uh, standalone Star Wars other than the Christmas special. <laughs> Nothing's worse than Christmas special. Oh, God. <laughs> or the quote-unquote holiday special. The holiday special, yeah. Yeah. Life day. <laughs> oh, man. I watched um, I watched the holiday special back around Christmas, but I had the Rift Tracks version. <laughs> and, I mean, that, if you're going to watch it, watch the Rift Tracks version. It'll You'll actually make it through it. <laughs> 
But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to Rogue One. You know, I was, when I heard that they were going to do all these, um, standalone films and kind of, basically we're going to be getting a Star Wars film every year for the next, you know, what, eight, nine years, I guess. And, I uh, I was kind of nervous that they were going to overload us and they were going to kill it. But if they, if they're as good as what I see in that trailer, you know, I guess we can deal with it. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited. It it looks like um my diversity movie cast dream because yeah. <laughs> there's just so many different it has a female lead, it has um well Diego Luna, it has just like every ethnicity and um it and they all seem very organic too, so I'm I'm really excited. Um Matt Nicholson is in it, Alan Tudyk is in it. Uh, yeah, it's just a great cast. I'm I can't. I don't know what it what it and specifically is going to be about, but I am excited. Christina, have you got your Ray costume finished yet? Not yet. No. Working on it. <laughs> I saw I'm like a, I saw a thing on uh, online the other day. They were talking about you know the the question of who Ray's parents are, and I know I know Abrams kind of did the whole thing of oh her parents weren't in the film, and then he backtracked and says well she doesn't find out who her par- parents are in the film. Or, yeah, we knew that. We saw the film, you know. <laughs> but um, somebody did a split screen. And show, and on the left side it was uh, Ray, and on the right side it was um, it was Luke from the first movie, and it was when I say split screen, I mean it was like split right down the middle of their face, so you got half of Ray's face and half of Luke's face, and it was amazing how cl- how similar they looked. And I wonder, did they get somebody that looks that much like Mark Hamill when he was young because they are gonna say that that's his daughter? You know, it's, that's a, that's just a theory. I don't know. You know, I would rather she not be Luke's daughter because I feel like then we can keep the Jedi who are uh, screwing up the universe out of the Skywalker family. Yeah. And <laughs> I thought it would be interesting if she was, like, for example, Obi-Wan's daughter or, like, re- relative or something. So make it more – expand a little bit. Yeah. The the only reason I would I mean I personally I think she's a solo if but I would prefer that she's not anyone you know she's not related to anyone we've seen yet before, uh, but I you know I you know we all have our own pet theory that will be confirmed or denied hopefully in the next movie. Um, the only reason I would be happy if if she was Luke's daughter is that would open the door for uh, Mara Jade to become canon. Yeah. Because yeah, she's from the I, books, I right? To see a, yeah. I have yet to read a Star Wars novel that I thought was really worth a darn. Um, <laughs> and I know that's not a popular... Uh, you know, the stories aren't bad. They're just... The ones I've tried to read... I read the, the, the Grand Admiral Thrawn trilogy. Very painful slog through some of the most amateurish writing I've ever dealt with. Um, and, I, you know, I've tried to read a few others, and it was, it was just awful. Um, but the character of Mara Jade just was so captivating... And, you know, I know that in the books she she's, you know, dies at some point. Um, but I would love to see that character be brought into, you know, the, the new continuity. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that the, the um, um, they've already kind of hinted that some of the uh, characters from the, some of the animated properties might become a part of the new actual real-life series. Yeah. Uh, but I don't well, I thought know. they said Rebels is canon, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. That's I, and but we I don't know how 
how it's going to look, how they're going to take the animated character and turn it into a, if, if it'll be as recognizable or whatever. But, um, I haven't heard if they're going to make any of the, uh, any of the books, the book characters canon, or if they're going to make any of the video game characters canon or anything like that yet. But I know there's, um, they came out with a trilogy of novels, uh, that take place between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, but none of the main characters are in these books. Is it's like Wedge Antilles is one of the main characters in this book, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if if they decide to. I don't know how big of a fan Abrams is of the books or the video games if he even cares about those characters or not, you know. So I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. But um, we can go ahead and move into our main topic. And talk about Mother's Day. Um, what I thought we'd do is our usual roundtable discussion. Um, we're going to do the most memorable mothers in film and television. And I say most memorable because sometimes they're not that great of a person, <laughs> you know, but they, <laughs> but you, but they're just so ingrained in your mind, you know, they just stick with you. So like if one of us wanted to put Maleficent on our list, I'm sorry if anybody put Maleficent on their list, I didn't mean to step, <laughs> step on your toes, but you know, we wouldn't say Maleficent is a great mother, you know, we, <laughs> we would just say that she's a memorable mother or whatever. But, uh, coming up with just a handful of characters for this list is kind of hard to do and we may actually repeat some of each other's uh, characters which is fine but um christine i'm gonna start with you because uh you haven't talked a whole lot this episode (laughs) (laughs) sorry mine it's been cutting out a little bit um um so i i'm gonna start it off with a bang and a horrible bang (laughs) (laughs) sorry mother's day uh cersei lannister (laughs) oh Oh, wow she is such a witch (laughs) but you know she loves her children she really does um and i won't say anything i don't want to make any spoilers for the current season um but yeah she's had a hard time with losing her children so but i think i think she's like she's a force of nature she really is um but i definitely think of her as a memorable mother (laughs) yeah yeah hi chan you're not a you're not a fan of uh you're not a fan of game of thrones uh, not correct? anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a fan of the Song Ice and Fire books actually, and um, I will I will agree with uh, Kristen's um, opinion that Cersei is one of the most memorable, and I'd say a, a very strong mother figure. She, like that's the one uh, opinion, like the one uh, positive that she does have about herself is that she loves her children, and she's probably the only person who would like willingly love joffrey so (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah willingly yeah (laughs) well and lena Headey is just awesome too Mm, she's amazing yeah Yeah, i I mean i'll say i've never read any of the books i started to read the the first book but i had already seen the second i mean the first season of the show and when that show first started it was so close to the book that I started reading the book and I'm like, oh, I already know what's going to happen, you know? <laughs> so, so I couldn't, I, I didn't stick with it, but yeah, she, uh, she is definitely a memorable, uh, mother character. I, I, it's hard to, hard to talk about her without spoiling anything, but <laughs> I know I'm like, what yeah. do I say? I don't know. She's <laughs> a kind of a horrible, horrible person. And, but she loves her children. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Chen. You want to go next? Uh, sure. 
Uh, my first one is Elastigirl from The Incredibles. Uh, despite her <laughs> superhero name, she is actually a woman and a mother of three, and she is just a great mom who, despite raising three superpowered, four superpowered children actually, because her last kid starts to sprout superpowers in the last like third of the film. Yep, Jack Jack. Yeah. Uh, she handles it with a plum and she is just yeah, a great mom. Yeah. Um she was on she was on my list too. Uh but my kids were really young when that movie came out. So I I got to tell you there's a there's a scene in the in the film where the the plane explodes and Helen and, and her name's Helen Parr. That's her, that's the name of the actual the mm. human, the human version of her, her, her secret identity. And, uh, so she's fallen out of the plane with the, with the kids and head towards the ocean. And when I, when you see that, when you're, when you see something like that and you're a parent, you know, she wakes up, she's kind of passed out. She wakes up and she sees her children and they're screaming and they got this look of fear on their face and that'll choke you up, you know, mm. especially when you have your own kids, you know. So when I see that film, I, I get choked up in that scene. And then she turns into a giant parachute and I start laughing again. You know, so. <laughs> That's what Pixar does. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. Helen Hunt doing the voice, right? No, it was... Uh, no. Um, she was Church on that Helen show. The, cl- the Closer? Uh, was it The Closer that she was on? Let's see. No, I think it is Helen Hunt, isn't it? Or it's... Yeah, Holly Hunter. Holly, Holly Hunter. Hunter. There Holly you Hunter. go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was close. It's got Hunt, <laughs> Hunt in there somewhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rick, what's the first one on your list? All right, I'm going to go back in time a bit, uh, which, uh, if you've heard me before, is not much of a surprise. Maureen Robinson from Lost in Space. Yeah. June Lockhart. Um, yeah. You know, she was... It, it, it's it's a horribly dated, uh, uh, you know, character nowadays where the men are off fighting the monsters and, and the women are, are uh, you know, putting the laundry in the machine that spits them out nice and ironed and making dinner and stuff <laughs> like that. But there were, there were a lot of times in Lost in Space, which, you know, granted was a, a painfully silly show. I tried to rewatch the series for another podcast I do uh, not too long ago, and it's just unbearably awful. Uh, but she was, you know, she was the glue that held the family together. And... It wasn't often that the writers got a chance to let her do anything other than, you know, just be mom or be one of the girls. But every now and then she would it would be her that saved the day. And she was always the, you know, the 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 gentle hand behind the guys that that kept things going. Uh, And for as cheesy as Long Space was, especially for people of my generation, it was a you know, it was a very important show when we were younger. And uh, yeah. I think she she really showed a a, a positive uh, she was a positive role model as as her in in extreme circumstances and yet she was like all right we may be you know a billion light years from home but damn it we're all sitting down for dinner <laughs> and you know we will talk <laughs> about our day and you will go to bed at the proper time youngster and you know et cetera and I, I just I've always loved uh, Maureen Robinson uh, that's a good pick. My first one is uh, Sarah Connor. Yeah. Oh, good one. So, there goes my fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew somebody else would probably have her on the I list. I had her but, mind on my uh, Yeah, there's there's some flaws in the Terminator series, as especially as it's going along. But the character of Sarah Connor, especially as she was portrayed in the first two films and the uh, TV series, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, she was a mom to be reckoned with. You know, she was. Uh, she she not only knew that her son's survival 
was vital to the future of humanity, but she also loved her kid to the point that she was willing to alter her entire life for him and for that cause. So she went from being a little mousy little eighties waitress to being as close to a soldier as you can get. She, 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 uh, she could have just let history take its course with her child, but she was willing to get herself involved with gun runners and get herself locked in a mental hospital and have that, that, that weird dude lick her face <laughs> you know, and all that. So, so I got to give her points for that. But yeah, Sarah Connor, uh, especially, especially from Terminator, Terminator, Terminator 2 and the Sarah Connor Chronicles, uh, Lena Headey again, you know, <laughs> as much as, as much as I love, uh, the, the lady that plays Daenerys on Game of Thrones, what's her name? Amelia Clark. As much as I love her, yeah. As much as I love her, Terminator Genesis just nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it had parts that I that I that I was okay with that I liked, you know. But for as far as the the film itself, nah, meh. <laughs> did, did you see the article but, uh, a couple of weeks ago where you know the, any any sequels to Genesis have been axed? Uh, you know, they're right. not happening. And someone asked her in an interview, "Would or are you going to play Sarah Connor again?" It's like, "Are you going to play a character in a movie that's not happening?" And she was, she yeah. was "No, <laughs> no, not at all. No way. I'm done." <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you about what I yeah, am really. doing, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why any reporter. Yeah, I, I read that and I was like, "Why are they even asking her that?" They've they've said they're not making any more films, and I don't know. I guess they thought yeah. that maybe they were going to try to bring the bring the show back to television or something like that, but which I could get on board with that show. I really liked that show. Oh, yeah. And the writer the writer the writer strike killed it. Yeah. You know, but um, but I'd love for it to come back. But you know, she's uh Lena Le, Le, is it Leah or it's Lena? Le, you know, he, Lena. Lena Hedy, she, Actually, it's Edie. Yeah. Believe oh, it or not, she oh. she, oh, she was on yeah. Wait Wait Don't Tell Me a few weeks ago. And, oh, okay. and they were calling her Lena Headey, and I, I, well, I'm assuming that she told them how to pronounce her name because that's <laughs> that's certainly not the pronunciation you would just come to. So, I, you yeah, know. she's she's tied up in Game of Thrones now, so I don't I don't see her going back to Fox anytime soon. I don't think anybody really needs to be signing any contracts with Fox because <laughs> because uh, Fox uh, they'll they'll kill your show in a heartbeat. <laughs> but uh, Christina, go ahead with your uh, second pick. Um, mine's kind of like a two-part because they come from the same place because, you know, I always have to drag Harry Potter into everything. Yes! Um, <laughs> but Mrs. Weasley. <laughs> that was and let me mark on the Let me mark on the board that Christina has made a Harry Potter reference in this episode because <laughs> she does in, in at least once in every episode. I, I do. I drag And, and I, let me also mark on the board that Hai Chan has already made her Buffy uh, reference. <laughs> I did. Night. I didn't know okay. it intentionally either. <laughs> And I, I mentioned Star Trek, so there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, go ahead, Christina. And Mrs. Weasley, Weasley, she is definitely another force to be reckoned with, except in this situation, a positive one. Um, she, like, you know, has, I guess everybody, almost everybody is familiar with Harry Potter, but she has literally a gaggle of children. And, um, yes. and not only that, but she's just such a positive, strong mother figure to other people outside of that. And so the second part of that is actually, um, for me, is Lily Potter. Um, Mrs. Weasley kind of becomes Harry's mother in a lot of ways. She, like, stands in for, you know, all the failures of his aunt. So, um, you know, she he's always over at their house in the summer. She kind of coaches him and watches, walks him through it. And something that 
spoiler, I guess, um, something that doesn't happen in the movie is that um, in the books is it's kind of like a rite of passage for wizards to receive like a watch when they turn 17. And, you know, it's Mrs. Weasley and the Weasleys that give Harry that present. Um, right. So it's like, you know, they, they were, they saw him, you know, go through all of his major um, milestones as a child. Um, but not only did they do that for him, they did it, you know, for even other friends of theirs. Like they were always, you know, Mrs. Weasley was always looking out um, for that friendship group, I guess, Hermione um, right. and uh, Neville, et cetera. Uh, a lot of, lot of uh, orphan children <laughs> in that group. Right. So, you know, so I thought, I thought she was a really good contender. Okay. Hi, Chan. What's your uh, second pick? Oh, well, um, Molly Weasley has been taken from me, so my second pick <laughs> <laughs> um, is a not-so-great mom. It is Norma Bates from Psycho. Um, and I actually haven't seen um, Bates Motel, so I can't really say like what her actual portrayal by uh, Vera Farmiga is. But um, And she kind of isn't really an active presence in the original Psycho film. She just kind of is a looming... Um, sort of, pre- yeah, I guess looming presence again, but she doesn't actually like show yeah. up physically. Uh, but she's so powerful of a mom that she, you know, influences Norman to become spoiler, kind of the psychotic killer. And uh, yeah, yeah, um, iconic, iconic movie moms. <laughs> so, yeah. Alrighty, okay, Rick, go ahead. Right, but this one's this one's a little off the beaten path for our, our topic our subject matter frequent uh, usually but uh, I I thought that really she bears mentioning uh, Edith Bunker um, yeah I love Edith I, yeah my 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 grandfather I used to uh, watch uh, All in the Family with my grandfather like every night when I was looking <laughs> it was uh, All in the Family and Sanford and Son was like like a back to back thing every night mm-hmm. <laughs> the the thing about Edith is. It was very easy to write her character off as just, you know, the the, the ditzy wife of the bigoted Archie Bunker. Um, but there were a lot of moments in the show, you know, uh, All in the Family and MASH and the Jeffersons and Maud and that, that whole batch of 70s sitcoms that, you know, they were all very wacky, but uh, they also weren't afraid to get serious. And there were a lot of times when Edith would be the conscience of the show. Uh, you know, even though you had Rob Reiner and, and Sally Struthers as uh, Mike and Gloria, they were the, you know, the quote unquote bleeding heart liberals. And, you know, they would they would put forth the, the, the moral spine of whatever the episode was while fighting with Archie and his, you know, his bigotry and stuff. But. Edith was like the quiet one who would just every now and then would say something really profound or would carry the the pathos of the of the episode. Like there was one, uh, you know, I it, and this is you know it's a horrible thing that happened, but the way they dealt with it was so important. Was the, an episode where she got raped, where a man broke into her house and raped her, and it was like it, it was it was horrific and it was traumatic, but it was like. It was showing people that you know what a, what a the, that rape was not just a you know a crime of you know somebody just going out and grabbing young girls in tight shorts that you know there was so much right. more to it and it brought the the word into the consciousness as something more than just a joke that you know 
school children, say, on the on the playground. Um, you know, and just really, really powerful stuff. And it was om- it was so often Gene Stapleton's understated, just heart wrenching performances that you know, and her her absolute dedication to her family, uh, especially Archie, who you know was uh, almost irredeemable, yet not in her eyes. And yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it 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 it's a shame that you know Gene Stapleton passed away, uh, you know, a few years ago. Probably a lot more than a few now, but uh, you know, I just think that in any talk of television mothers, Edith Bunker really needs to be up there towards the top. Yeah, yeah, and I I remember reading. I don't. I never saw the the rape episode, uh, but I remember reading a. Um, there was an article on online somewhere that was talking about unbelievable things that happened on television, and the rape episode was one, and that was. That was a word that you didn't hear on television a lot back then. You know, they didn't they didn't they didn't talk about rape, especially on a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that's uh, when All in the Family got canceled. Um, they continued to do the show as Archie's place, where he bought a bar or something like that. And uh, but she wasn't on yeah. it because it took place at the bar. You know, and so it lost a lot of that, which is why you know it didn't really continue for very long because she her character was so important to that show that without it, you know, it was just Carol O'Connor ranting about things. <laughs> yeah. And they, they gave him a precocious little girl as a sidekick and it just, it just, yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It just wasn't all in the family. And it, it just sort of, in a way, it was like, yeah. it's like comparing Mayberry RFD to the Andy Griffith. Exactly. Show, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or right. after mash. <laughs> yeah. 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 Christine and Hyachin are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I have the only thing I that I did read an article about the uh, rape episode of All in the Family, and I think it was, like, times when sitcoms got extremely dark or very, like, bold or something. So, and I was surprised to hear that they did, they tackled something as polarizing as rape in a 70s sitcom. But yeah, I've never seen an episode, um, but I, props to them for doing something like that. And, like, even shows today struggle with portraying the fallout and consequences of rape um, successfully. Like cough, Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> well, Game of Thrones takes uh, consensual sex scenes from the books and turns them into rape on the show. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, just to, I don't know if it's just to get ratings or I don't know. Yep. They're all they're already yeah. I mean, you've already got your viewers, you know. But I don't know. That's a whole other tangent. But <laughs> My. Um, yeah, my my next pick is I'm also going to talk about Norma Bates, but I'm I'm talking about specifically Norma Bates from Bates Motel. Mm. I don't know, I don't know if you guys watched the show, but um, it's a reimagining of the Psycho series. It's not really it's it's kind of a prequel because it's Norman when he was young, but it takes place in present day, so it's more of a reimagining. And um, it's on my list because the character of Norma is up there with in my opinion, up there with Sarah Connor as being one of those moms that will do absolutely anything for her son. But she's not a hero. <laughs> you know, Norma is played by Vero Farmiga. Farmiga? I think it's Farmiga. Am I saying it right? I'm not sure. Okay. But it's set up in the first season that her son has blackouts. And during those blackouts, people tend to get dead. You know, <laughs> so her her relationship with Norman is kind of is kind of creepy. You know, she doesn't have a man in her life because Norman killed him. 
but <laughs> she fills that gap with Norman. Um, they never go too far with it, but it's insinuating that, that Norman is a little too attached to his mother. She's very overbearing. Uh, by the current season, it's very clear that there's not anything that she won't do for her son. She She's covered up murders for him. She's uh, kept him out of jail. She In this season, she even married the sheriff because she needed his health insurance to get him into a good mental facility instead of sending him to the county facility where he was just going to get locked up and forgotten about. But um, Bates Motel is definitely a it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, and in no way do I think Norma is a good mother in the classic sense. But she's definitely uh, memorable. And this portrayal has it's, it's given so much depth to the character that we never got in the original films mainly because in those films she's already she's already dead you know but yeah norma norma bates portrayed in bates motel is number number two on my list yeah number two on my list so nice okay christina oh number three number three um for me um going back to specifically b versus s batman versus superman uh is um, Martha Kent. I think I really, really like the way they did it in Batman versus Superman this time around. I like I like Martha a lot, um, and I I mean I've always really liked her character as a, as a really strong, um, memorable mom character. But I think um, it's one of the standouts from this movie um, that I really like. I don't know the actress's name. Um, but Diane Lane. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Because she's the. She was in. Uh, she was in Superman before, right? Or the TV show? Yeah, she, she was, was in Man of Steel. No, no, no. Before that, in the old days, wasn't she no, in? Yeah, she played Lana no. Lane. Yeah, she played Lana Lane, right? Lana. No, that was. Uh, no, that was. Uh, uh, hang on a second. Diane Lane was never in a superhero movie before this. I don't. Oh, okay. No. Okay. okay. She's a prestige actress. Okay, I'll have to look that up and see what the heck I'm talking about there. But anyway, um, I, I just think she's a really strong mom character. I think the it's interesting they, they took such a different, maybe because they're going that gritty route, but taking such a different um, way of giving um, Clark, like, advice about how he needs to proceed with his, like, you know, superhuman abilities or what have you. But she's always, you know, very different from the way it was in the, old um the original superman movies um but it's still like really strong mom character it's interesting yeah and rick you were thinking of annette o'toole she's uh um, oh, okay. she played she played martha in smallville and she played uh, lana lang in that superman is what i'm thinking too, okay. i think okay, okay yeah. yeah yeah which i like that i like that version of martha as well you know and you know the fact that her name is Martha is the only reason Batman didn't kill Superman. <laughs> you know, so spoiler. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. <laughs> I just like I have one thing I want to ask about like Batman v Superman that we didn't do in our previous discussion. If like Batman is okay. willing to kill Superman and and every other thug that crosses his path, why is the Joker still alive? True. Okay. And I don't know this 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 version of this version of Batman. I don't know what his history with the Joker has been. You know, he may not have he may have tried to kill him and just not been successful at it. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how close to the comics they are with that. We'll we'll find out because uh, I think I think Affleck is supposed to be in uh, Suicide Squad. Yes, at least at least a small part, and then carry over to a Batman film 
later on where Jared uh, Jared Leto will be playing the Joker in that. And Affleck is directing and has reportedly uh, complete creative control over the next Batman movie. Yeah. And surprisingly, really? I trust him more. I, I heard he was directing. I, I trust yeah, him a lot. I heard he was directing. Because, yeah. you know, he, yeah. he and Kevin Smith are like this. Can't see my fingers crossing. but uh, And I don't – there are few people in the world who know as much about Batman as Kevin Smith and Ben, Aff- ben Affleck. So mm-hmm. I think that we can expect great things out of this one. Yeah, and he- I don't think they're that close anymore because Kevin Smith says that ben, uh, Jennifer Garner won't let him hang out anymore. That was something that I heard. Uh, ben Affleck was also working on writing the script for his solo Batman movie with Jeff Johns, who is a DC Comics writer slash, I think, like CEO or something, or some sort of creative control in the comic world. Yeah, I- I think there's there there is a pot there is a good possibility that this could be a really good Batman movie. What was the movie yeah. that Ben Affleck directed that was about them going over to Iraq during oh, yeah. Um, Argo? Yeah, Argo. it's called Argo. Argo. Yeah, he, he, that, yeah. Was a, that was an amazing movie, actually. Yeah, yeah it was good. So it was, good. it was really good. Yeah, he won an Oscar and. Ben Affleck gets a bad rap because, I mean, people make fun of Ben Affleck and make fun of his acting or whatever. He, he, I mean, he has made some bad choices in, for some of his films that he's in, but he's not a bad actor. Mm. And he's a good, he's a good filmmaker as well. You know, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I forget what the name of the film that was in, that he was in where he played the guy that was constantly getting his, uh, memory erased and, and that had, um, Uma Thurman in it, but anyway, it was a bad movie. <laughs> but he, he's made he he's made more good movies than than bad. You know, um, I, I think he just he went into a he went into a a time when um, all of his movies were getting just just hit by uh, by critics, and uh, I think he's I think he's a good actor. You know, he's just made some bad choices in in uh, was, what films he was actually. He in, was so. up until now on an upswing, but. We'll see where he goes from here. Yeah. Did you did you guys see? I know we're getting way off the topic, <laughs> but did you guys see the the uh, video where he was um, he was being interviewed oh, with? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's my favorite video. What's his name? Superman. Where he, he he's sitting there and he's got this sad look on his face when they're talking about uh, what the critics are saying about his film. He looked he looked like he was about to cry. Yep. It was like because you know I put all of my eggs in this basket. <laughs> you know. <laughs> No, he lost all the but. goodwill that he had just like up until now. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, hi, Chan. Go ahead with your uh, with your next pick. All right. This is my last pick because um, the other ones had been taken. Uh, okay. <laughs> Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. Again, not the best mom, but yeah. a hilarious and very memorable mom. Uh, she uh, is famously like has like a lot of favoritism with her kids especially like Buster who is very spoiled and hence very sheltered and she kind of just abuses them a lot not physically but like emotionally <laughs> and you right. know is an alcoholic and but she's hilarious and so much fun so she is in that way very memorable and one of the best parts of rest and development yeah I love Arrested Development. I don't know if they're going to do any more or not. I know the 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 season that they did on Netflix didn't uh, didn't go over as well as uh, everyone had hoped, 
I don't know if they're going to do any more or not, Probably but won't. I hope so. I hope that they do, but you know, or a film. They had talked a long time about doing a film, but I don't know. Rick, go ahead with your next one. Okay, this one's a little bit of a. a I don't want to say it's cheating, but uh, I think she might have been in in the movie of. Uh, but she's more of a book character. But I really love this character. Uh, have Have any of y'all read Anne Rice's vampire books? I have. Okay. A couple of them. I didn't read all of them. But. Uh, Gabrielle Delight. Leoncore, or however you say it, sounds terrible with an American accent. I apologize to any French people out there. <laughs> uh, Lestat's mother. Um, she, uh, she, uh, how, how do you describe it? She is very cold to everyone but Lestat, uh, right. and she always had his his um, his future in mind, even though he was like the the youngest of the family. And if you're familiar with Lestat, he goes into his history very, very in depth. <laughs> if you've read yeah. Anne Rice's books, yeah. Um, but the the best thing about her is she's uh, she's dying of tuberculosis. You know, she she just gives everything, all of herself to keep her family going. And like you know, their 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 fortune takes a turn for the worse, and she's selling off family jewels and stuff. And just before she's as she's about to die Lestat turns her into a vampire um and rather than become like him and you know hunt in the world of men and and prey on the evildoer and all you know all of the the stuff that Lestat eventually becomes Gabrielle goes this is freaking awesome and takes off and disappears <laughs> for like centuries and goes and like lives out in the woods and you know and and becomes like a feral creature and it drives Lestat crazy for the rest of the books because she totally issues the 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 uh, society of people and just goes to become this this creature of nature and and of supernature and whatever. And I just adore her so much. Every time she's on the page, and she's there with the rest of the vampires, uh, but reluctantly. And I just she's just an amazing character. And Rice writes great people. Um, you know whether you like vampire stories or not. Uh, Anne Rice was. I tried to read her most recent Lestat book, and it was just so repetitive. I felt so bad that I kind of stopped halfway through. Um, but when she was at her prime, this these books were so real and so deep and so vivid. And Gabrielle was... I, I just... I loved that character so much, and uh, I, I, that's why I brought her up. I remember if I read I read the Vampire Lestat. I don't know if I read any uh, any of the books after that. I know Anne Rice kind of stopped writing about vampires for a while and started writing about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, other than that, I I think I saw the film of Queen of the Damned and didn't think much of it. <laughs> you know, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. My wife brought it home one day. And I was like, there is no way I enjoy this movie. And it was, you know, it was a, a pale shadow of the book, but it was actually kind of fun, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time since I saw it. I just, I, I remember, I don't, I didn't understand why they, I don't know if they were intending to make it as a sequel to Interview with a Vampire, but they completely skipped the whole book. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. where'd the Vampire Lestat go? <laughs> you know, I wanted the Tom Cruise movie, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. Well, my next pick. And I've got a couple more, but uh, I'm going to talk about Margaret White from Carrie, 1976. 
and she's not a good mother, but, <laughs> but she she was memorable. Um, she's she's been portrayed no less than three times on screen, but the version of her in the 1976 adaptation adaptation, excuse me, is I believe the most frightening. I think she scared me more than the bloody scenes towards the end of the movie because that maniacal look in her eyes and that shrill voice used to terrify me when I was a kid and I'd see this movie. Um, I watched it again about a year or so ago. It still gave me the creeps. But an interesting note is that Piper Laurie, who played her, uh, she read the script and she thought that the character was so over the top that she thought that Carrie was a comedy. <laughs> so she kept laughing when she'd read her lines or when she'd say her lines. And Brian De Palma had to finally confront her and say, this is supposed to be serious. Why do you keep laughing? <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I, yeah, that character, the, I don't know if it's just because of the part of the country that I grew, grew up in. I've seen a lot of very religious people and I don't think I've ever seen anybody to the point that they're locking their kids up in closets or anything like that. That's a little exa- of an exaggeration, but it, it is kind of creepy. I can't say as I've ever seen any of the Carrie movies, but that's really not really? my, yeah, I, I'm not into horror that much and yeah. especially the Carrie story, what I know about it, I know that I, I really just would not enjoy it in any way. I know you're not supposed to enjoy it, but it just wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They did. Well, I mean, they had the, the new version that came out in, two, I think, 2013 or 14 with Chloe, uh, Moritz, what's her name? Chloe Grace Moritz. Chloe Grace yeah. Moritz. And yeah. And then, uh, but they, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had a, a TV version, like a mini series that came out sometime around 2002, 2003, that was actually supposed to be the pilot to a series. <laughs> like, you're going to make a TV series of Carrie, we're at the end of the book instead of, instead of Carrie, um, uh, dying, uh, instead she escapes with, one of the other characters and I guess the series was supposed to be like a road buddy movie or a road buddy show or something where they're on on the run and I guess they were going to get confronted every week by people that were trying to catch them and then she was just going to start screaming and and blood was going to come out of places and explosions and all kinds of stuff and that was going to be every episode (laughs) of course the series didn't get picked up but But uh, let me I'll, let me go ahead and do a couple of uh, honorable mentions. Um, Beverly Goldberg. I'm a huge fan of the Goldbergs. Uh, I think Bev is a wonderful, overbearing, overprotective, hovering helicopter mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think anybody... You know, I, I grew up in the 80s, and the, the Goldbergs takes place in the 80s. I don't think anybody's mom was ever that bad. But this show is supposed to be the memory of the youngest son. So everything is kind of exaggerated. So, you know, I remember things that my parents did when I was younger being a lot worse than it probably really was. But also, uh, Mrs. Gump. I don't think we were ever told her actual first name. Sally Field played her in Forrest Gump. And, um, yeah, she, she proves that she would do anything or anybody to get the best for her son, you know? So, and, uh, even though her child had obvious problems, she never tried to put a label on him or treat him like he was slow or less than anybody else. She, she treated him, she not only treated him like he could do anything that he wanted, but that he was expected to. You know, uh, she was, she was great. Sally Field played the role perfectly, and she was only about 10 years older than Tom Hanks at the time that they filmed the, filmed the, uh, the movie, but, and last, last would be Aunt B. 
I know she's not. She's not. She's not technically anybody's mom, but you know she raised she raised Andy. She ra- she helped raise Opie, and uh, I loved the Andy Griffith show when I was growing up. It was a uh, every everyday thing, and uh, still comes on nightly in my t- in my hometown. Um, she had her funny side. Everybody in the town called her aunt, even though she wasn't their aunt. If you grew up in the South, you probably had an aunt B in your family. Um, but yeah, that's a staple on TV, and it's a uh, and I love Aunt B. So, okay, Rick, or, or no, Chris, Chrissy's next. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Christina. Um. Okay. So I guess my last one is, um, I, like Harry Potter, I always have to drag down Abby into everything as well. Um. But uh, the Countess of Grantham, the grandmother character played by Maggie Smith. Um. She's kind yeah. of like a focal point of the entire family. You know, it's a big family drama, and she's like you know, the matriarch and she mothers everyone on the show. So she's very, very memorable. And her, um, her quips are probably like, <laughs> she the gets best. the best one. She, she has the most like, yeah, just flat out, like to the point one liners sit, dress you down <laughs> right where you stand. It's great. She's very <laughs> funny. Okay. Rick, do you have any more? Yep, I've got one more. Okay. Ellen Ripley from mm. yeah. Alien um, and, Alien. and Aliens. Yeah. Uh, you know, she finds Newt on LV426. And if you've seen the director's cut of Aliens, uh, you know that she's, she, I uh, uh, can't really spoil a 30 year old movie, so. Um, <laughs> now go ahead. <laughs> in, in Aliens, uh, you know, they, they find Ripley floating she's been in space for 57 57 52 doesn't matter 50 plus years uh and there's a scene a very powerful scene that uh, i understand why it got cut uh from the theatrical release but it's i'm so glad they were able to put it back uh in the dvd in the director's cut where uh burke finds ripley's daughter uh except that her daughter died in a in a in an old folks home uh or a, a a nursing home rather uh like two or three years before they find Ripley and and Sigourney Weaver does this amazing scene uh where she's talking about that she had promised her oh wow this is choking me up. <laughs> well. um uh where he, uh Ripley had promised her daughter that she would be back for her in time for her birthday, her eleventh birthday, uh, and then of course she ends up dying of complications of being very old. Um, and so when they go back to the planet, even though Ripley wanted nothing to do with going back to where the you know where she had initially found the alien, they talk her into going back, or they kind of kind of coerce her into going, and she finds Newt, the young sole survivor of the colony that's been wiped out by the aliens and they just bond immediately and you want to talk about a mother who will do anything for her child when Newt is ultimately captured by the aliens and then the the whole planet's going to, you know, the whole station is going to blow up in a nuclear fireball and Ripley realizes she's got 20 minutes before the explosion and then she goes looking for Newt with absolutely no expectation of finding her at all, let alone alive and unimpregnated, uh, 
and then takes on all of the aliens and, you know, and, and, you know, the rest is history. But just that moment of where she's like, I've got 20 minutes. Screw it. We're not leaving. I'm going to get that little girl. Uh, yeah. I, I can't think of a moment of heroism in any film that tops that. Absolutely. And she did give birth later in the series. Uh, <laughs> you had to say that, didn't you? you had to <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah. I and, and I had started to put her uh, on my list as well, but it's been so long since I've seen the first two Alien films that uh, I was afraid I wouldn't remember enough about it to talk about it. But yeah, she she definitely is a uh, memorable mother character, even though Newt, Newt technically wasn't her child, you know, it was still, she was a mother figure to her, yep. you know. So, okay, well, um, we're gonna have one more round, but instead of doing our favorite uh, mother characters, we're gonna talk about what our mom's favorite movie is, and I'll I'll start with that. I'll start that. I'll say, um, my mom was really cool when it came to TV and film. She. She was a religious woman, so she liked stuff like the Left Behind movies and God's Not Dead and stuff like that. But she didn't have a stick up her butt either. She, you know, she liked The Walking Dead, and she'd message me, "What's going on? Who is that person?" You know, when we're watching The Walking Dead, and um, and uh, you know, I'd have to explain things to her that she didn't understand. And when we were growing up, she didn't give my me and my brother uh, grief when we wanted to watch stuff like Married with Children or whatever. But but from what I can remember. Uh, I think that the movie that she watched that gave her the most joy was still Magnolias. And it's, it was probably my grandmother's favorite film as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, she liked country music. So the fact that Dolly, that, uh, Dolly Parton was in it was, uh, probably what made her watch it in the, in the first place. She rented it back in the day when you go to one of those mom and pop video stores. We had one in the town that I grew up in. And you had to turn the film in the next day. She probably watched it twice before she turned it in. But, uh, as far as how I feel about the movie, you know, it's good. It's definitely not intended for me. I'm not the core audience for it, but I've seen it a few times over the years, and I enjoyed it. They actually did a TV remake a few years ago with uh, a African-American cast that had uh, Queen Latifah in it, and it was good, but it was basically the same movie. You know, they didn't really change anything. Um, and my wife and I are planning on going to see a stage version of it here in Birmingham next month. I think now that my mom is gone, I'll probably have a copy of it that I'll watch from uh, time to time in her honor. She liked fried green tomatoes as well, so that's going to be that'll be in the in the rotation. But uh, that's okay because fried green tomatoes is one of my wife's favorites as well. So you know, so uh, still Magnolias. That was my mom's favorite movie. Christina. Um. Well, I guess it just shows where me and Sean are from. But my mom's favorite movie um, is uh, Gone with the Wind, I think. Um, m- me and her, anytime it would snow or I was homesick and she had to be home with me or any kind, anytime we were stuck together in the house and we didn't have anything else to do, we would watch Gone with the Wind. And it literally takes four hours. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is a very long, long, long movie. Um, I guess it's probably kind of controversial now um but it's very southern i guess very like filled with southern isms i guess um but yeah (laughs) i i still to this day like you know i want to go home and you know watch going the wind with my mom (laughs) well fiddle dd yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Hi, Chan. What's, uh, what's your mom's favorite movie? Um, I couldn't tell you what my mom's favorite movie is because she doesn't really have preferences and stuff. She's like, like, she likes movies in general, but, um, my mom and I have very similar tastes in TV. Uh, we both, uh, both of our favorite oh, okay. TV shows is, um, is Lost, actually. And we, that was one of the first shows that I would watch religiously. And I actually started watching with my, with my parents. And we would watch it together, which is kind of a weird show to watch with your parents. But, you know, we both <laughs> loved it. She's really into that kind of like sci-fi sort of X-Files type of pers- episodic shows. Um, and, uh, yeah, we watched Lost from beginning to end and, uh, we both loved it and she, she's still my, my favorite movie buddy actually. Like, we'll, we just went to see a movie today, Sing Street. So, um, yeah. I tried to get my mom to watch Lost. We were always, uh, going through Netflix. I, she'd tell me what she was watching on Netflix mm. and I'd watch it, you know, she liked shows like Chasing Life and, uh, Switched at Birth, things like mm-hmm. that. And then, so I'd watch them with my wife and then, uh. I would give her ideas of shows to watch and I'd say, yeah, you ought to check out Daredevil. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and she'd watch a couple episodes. Now nah, I'm not really into that, you know? Uh, and then I tried to get her to watch lost and she, she couldn't keep up with it, but she did like, uh, 11, She did kind of enjoy okay. that, but Chris- awkward things watching your parents for me, game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. I, I watched that with my parents. <laughs> yeah. I never watched to say it. Parents. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk about <laughs> <Yeah>. awkward. <laughs> Yeah, that would be that would be weird. Rick, what was your uh, your mom's favorite uh, movie or TV show? I'm I'm not entirely sure. Uh, my mom passed away in 2008, um, and you know I we hadn't lived even in the same uh, area code for a long time prior to that, and she wasn't much to talk about uh, uh, TV and and stuff like that. I mean, the TV was always on in the house. But I, I couldn't tell you what she what she was watching. Um, Will of Fortune, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, I know that, like you know, the the last TV show I know that she she liked was Touched by an Angel. So that tells you how out of date my, my uh, yeah. knowledge of what she liked to watch was. But I'm pretty sure she was she was never really much into movies. But I know she loved E.T. <laughs> Uh, and, well, that's not a bad movie. Yeah, though. yeah. And in fact, back in the in the the pre-internet, pre uh, uh, everyone has a VCR days, when it still cost a lot to get videotapes. Back when you know, I, I don't. Uh, Sean, you might remember <laughs> when, oh, yeah. when a movie would come out, and the you know the videotape of it would be sixty bucks. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, especially especially the if you were buying it from the video store because they always had to pay more for the yeah. films for some reason. Yeah, uh, I remember I had a I had a setup in my bedroom. Uh, I had a couple of different VCRs that I, I daisy chained together so I could. Uh, uh, I don't want to use the word pirate because that's an awful ugly term. But <laughs> <laughs> I would back up the movies <laughs> that, I, yeah. that I would rent. <laughs> And I, I made her a, a, a copy of E.T. for her birthday one year, and uh, she she was pleased with that. So uh, I'll go with E.T. <laughs> okay. Well, that's not that's not a bad one. That's pretty good. Good movie. That's uh, that's uh, you know, that's it for well, our. You know, what, go ahead. Just a, a just a funny story about about E.T. It's like one of the few movies. Well, back then, now I freaking cry at commercials. Uh, having a baby does that to you. It, it, mm-hmm. You know, ever since I became a daddy, I just like I blub at a drop of a hat. But uh, mm-hmm. E.T. was like the first movie that really made me cry. And I remember when I was dubbing that tape for her, 
I was like, all right, I'm just going to turn on a little bit of it just to make sure everything's still going right. And it was right at that point where you think E.T. is dead. Yeah. And I was just like, no, God, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, today I was uh, I was flipping through the channels, and um, uh, Father of the Bride was on, and it was about the last 15 minutes of the film or whatever. So I started watching it. I, I, I remember liking that movie when it first came out, but... Uh, the last time I saw it, I didn't have kids. And then I see this, uh, now I've got a 14 year old daughter and, uh, him describing her, uh, getting married as like him, her leaving him forever and everything. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's breaking my heart. <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's our, uh, Mother's Day topic. So, uh, tribute to all the moms out there and, uh, and grandmothers and stepmothers and everything in between. And uh, before we go, high chance since I've got you on the show, I wanted to ask you about, and uh, spoiler alert, anyone who hasn't seen the season finale of The Walking Dead, what did you think of the season finale of The Walking Dead, high <laughs> chance, specifically the very end of it? Um, I actually haven't watched it because I haven't watched Walking Dead for the past season. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I knew well. I knew you wrote you wrote articles about Fear the Walking Dead last I season, did. so I didn't know if you were. Yeah, I actually stopped watching okay. Fear the Walking Dead too. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, Fear the Walking Dead is. I'm not enjoying it as much as I like. I, I enjoy it, but it's like here we're gonna make a zombie show that doesn't really have a lot of zombies in it. Yeah, that's all <laughs> you right. Because we're gonna put all we're gonna put all of our characters on a boat. And get them as far away from land as we can, and just have a zombie floating in the water every now and then, whatever. But, but, uh, Chrissy, do you watch The Walking Dead? I don't. That's one show I don't okay. watch. No. Okay. So, well, everyone, forget about the spoiler alert that I just. <laughs> about. I'm not, not going to talk about it because I know Sorry. Rick doesn't watch it either. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, like I said before, uh, Rick and Hi Chan both have a podcast. Rick is on the Simply Syndicated Movie News. Uh, Hi Chen is on the Millennial Falcon. Both of those are available on iTunes. And uh, I guess that's going to do it. Uh, listeners, stay tuned after the jump, and I'll tell you where you, you can uh, contact me at. Other than that, Rick, thanks for joining us here. Thank you for having me. No problem. Christina, thanks. thank you. Yeah, thanks. And Hi Chen, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me again. And everybody have a happy Mother's Day, and uh, we'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. Again, thanks to Rick, Christina, and Hi Chan for joining me for this Mother's Day special. I want to remind you guys that you can find us, of course, on CosmicPotato.com. Uh, got all the episodes there. I also have a blog where I do reviews for TV shows and movies, whatever else is boiling around in my brain that day. Uh, we're available wherever you download podcasts. So if you if you get your podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, Podcast Addict on the Android uh, store, and actually we're we're also on Google Play now as well. Uh, so you can get us from any of those places, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. All you got to do is just search us out. And if you'd like to contact me directly, just email me at seanray at cosmicpotato.com. And again, my name is spelled S-H-A-W-N-W-R-A-Y at CosmicPotato.com. Let me know who your favorite uh, TV or movie mom is. Give me some ideas of things you like to hear us talk about on the show. 
other than that that's pretty much it for this episode again thanks for your patience we'll get another show out to you real soon take care everybody we'll see you in the future